Are you ready to realize the true potential in your life and help others do the same? Get equipped to create a thriving future with the Secrets of Success podcast. Inspire others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And experience the joy of watching satisfaction and productivity come to life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Welcome to Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, each week we wanna bring you something valuable that you can use in your life, and hopefully today is no exception. We've had a couple of guests on our show, Brad Tanini and Shane Gibson, talking about the power of sales or the importance of sales in our life. So my question for you today is, who is in sales? And your answer should be, even if you're listening to this while you're driving or you're a receptionist or a janitor, is all of us are in sales. Every single person listening to this or watching this is that we are in sales at some level or another. Have you ever seen teenagers where they're 13, 14 years old, they're selling mom or dad as far as, dad, I wanna go out to this movie. I wanna go over to my friend's place and they're closing the deal, they're closing the influence. So all of us, on some level or another, are in this process of influencing others or selling others on our ideas. You know, those of you that are married, think about it, you are trying to decide about what restaurant you're going to go to. And so you are trying to sell your idea about the restaurant that you prefer and say, well, or you're going to a movie. Or, or whatever it might be, or maybe you're redecorating your house, as we did in our house, where you are now saying, no, no, that paint color is what I prefer, and so you are now building a case about how important that is to you. But it's also true for those of you that are any kind of employment, is you are selling yourself. I'm always amazed when we interview individuals for positions here at CRG, where individuals are unkept, I mean, they have no image management whatsoever, no sort of, uh, sort of internal management as far as how they are perceived by others. You know what? You probably could comb your hair. You could probably get an iron and iron your shirt before you come and interview with us. Here's the reality. In, in spite of all the political correctness, which quite frankly, I don't agree with most of it. It's just kind of an oppression on everybody. But in spite of all the political correctness, is everybody judges everybody else by what they see. They're going to make a determination. They're going to make a decision within, the research shows somewhere between eight and 12 seconds when you walk into a room, when you walk in for an interview, is they're going to make a determination or they're going to establish a sort of your value. And then what happens after that, most individuals, will then spend the next 10 to 20 minutes rationalizing their first sort of impression within eight to 12 seconds. So just be aware of that, that how you carry yourself, how you walk in, what you say, how you act, that confidence level is gonna come across to individuals immediately. And so what is the impression that you have? So when we think about the power of influence and the program that we created was, why don't you sell the way that I buy? Meaning, you know what, most people don't necessarily buy the way that you sell. So 
Are you selling in a way that relates to the other individual? Am I influencing in a way that relates to the other individual? You know, I know uh, when we worked, I worked for 10 years as a consultant to the auto industry, and we did several thousand sales reps in the auto industry that if, with our program, Why Don't You Sell the Way That I Buy, it was then the number one rated uh, sales training program in the history of this manufacturer, and then it went into Mexico and then 40 countries. But I just constantly amazed of how many sales professionals were not willing to consider that how they were selling was not relating to the buyer. In fact, they weren't even conscious that their way, the way that they were communicating, the way that they were interacting was not a credible way or a best way for the buyer or the other individual. And so even if you are, quote unquote, not in an official sales position, if you are an administrator, if you are somebody that's an assistant to a CEO, then you're selling. You're selling how things need to be done. If you're a director of marketing, you're selling on a new plan, a new process, a new opportunity. If you are a student and you want to uh, move into a new position, then you are selling yourself, as I mentioned earlier. So let's just take you through you know, CRG has, I have my book, Why Aren't You More Like Me, which is the basis of the work that we're going to be talking about. We have the sales style indicator where you can help establish what is your selling style or preferred way of communicating towards other. Not right, not wrong, just different. And so our responsibility is to understand what is my selling preference? How do I like to influence? What does that mean? Uh, what are the strengths of that? What are some challenges towards it? How might I react to stress or pressure uh, when I'm in my selling style? And then the other side is, is that we really need to become students of other people. If we want to influence, if we want to understand the motivational factors or the motivational sort of um, inspirational pieces that other people are connected to, then do you even know what those are? So I'm just going to spend a few minutes in one of the components out of our workshop, which is a one or a two or a three-day or a multiple-day workshop, Why Don't You Sell the Way That I Buy, that we help people to sort of transform. And by the way, we're not talking about you know, NLP where you're reading some uh, another individual for the purposes of manipulation. We're reading and we're paying attention to people's behaviors for the purposes of building relationship. Here's the reality. People can find out if they're buying, if you happen to be in a product or service, people can find out online more about the, the uh, service or the product that you are selling than you know. That's what the, when I do sales training with organizations, a lot of the sales professionals, even though they've been there for years, their <clears throat> clients have done on the, all the online sort of pre previews, they've done comparisons, they know what it's made of, and in fact, they know more usually than what the sales rep or sales professional knows because they have been concentrating on understanding the product and service that they're interested in. So don't blow smoke. People don't like manipulation. People want to build relationship. And here's what our job is as professionals, regardless of what context it is, is be able to provide a service or product that the person needs. If they don't need it, then why are you selling to them? That's manipulation, that is old school, that is, you know, you don't need 101 ways to close the sale, that's ridiculous. What I need is to build relationship, and the next part is to be able to provide and communicate to you in a way that builds relationship with you, that meets your needs, that is in a way that is credible with you. And do I understand what that means? now? 
it doesn't mean that we don't ask for the order, which is one of the process steps that we have in our relationship selling or why don't you sell the way that I buy model. We still need to be able to do that. However, we don't need to be manipulating. You know, would you like to take delivery on Tuesday or Thursday? You know, get past that junk. It was we wanted to just talk about, Ken, you know, you talked about you wanted this piece of furniture for your house. This is what this is. Does this solution that we talked about meet the needs that you were interested in or you would like to have for your home? Yes or no? And if it's not, then I misunderstood your needs or maybe I don't have the product that best serves you. And so then I have to think, okay, what, what might be an option there? I remember being uh, at an event in a National Speakers Association event with my colleagues. And one of my colleagues says, I never turn business away. And I said, what do you mean by that? I says, even if I don't do it, I actually refer them or I facilitate successfully fulfilling their needs through uh, my network. So I said, well, listen, if I don't do printing, then all of a sudden I know a printer, I'm going to be able to refer them so that I can build relationship and stay in contact with them versus relinquishing it and letting it go. So let me just back up here and say, okay, so there are uh, what we call 21 different selling style patterns based on our four dimension personal style or selling style model, which is there's behavioral action or action oriented purchaser or seller. There's the affective expressive or experiential uh, purchaser or seller. There's the cognitive analysis, which is the detailed oriented individual. And there's interpersonal harmony, which is really around a relationship and really somebody taking care of their needs and deferring to them and what's most important to them. So when we think about these four different uh, selling style or buying styles, let me just shift and say, well, okay, if I am communicating to an individual, and you guys know this again, even as, as this applies personally, to your significant other, to your child, to your dad, to your aunt, your uncle, uh, family, friend, whatever the case might be. And then if some of you travel together, you see the dynamics of how uh, so few couples actually travel well together because there's different needs on how they even want to experience it. So they're always selling and influencing. So I just want to spend a couple of minutes explaining to you. Now, this is styles in the purest sense. Uh, 90 to 95% of us are blends of the different four, what we call four dimensions, behavioral action, interpersonal harmony, affective expressive, cognitive analysis. And so but we'll just talk about sort of the decision-making process that each one of these ha have. The behavioral action individual, you know, let's say they're going into a retail environment. How do I know that uh, they might be behavioral action? Well, these individual is one of their number one value set is time. You know, don't waste my time. Don't be slow. Don't take a long time. I don't like, these individuals don't like waiting in line. And so if you have a buying style that has behavioral action, then I already know what the answer to this question is going to be. If you have a behavioral action buying style, have you ever been in a lineup where it's a long lineup, you have the product, the exact product that you need and want, but because the lineup is so slow, you take that product, you put it back on the shelf and you leave the store. Why do we do that? It's going to take longer to go somewhere else. And here's why these individuals will do this is because you are not respecting my time. And as a result of that, you don't deserve my business. The other thing that these behavioral action individuals are looking for competence and confidence. 
So they want to interact with an individual that they know what they know. They don't want somebody that's mousy, that's Millie Mouse, that's apologizing, who says anything, well, I don't know. You are going to be ditched immediately. Now, if you don't know, then your responsibility is to say to them, listen, Ken, I am not exactly sure about the answer to your question, but let me find out, and this is where I'm going to get it. So you make sure that you take charge. You make sure that you take responsibility to get the information and that you show the initiative to find out what they need uh, with and for them in a quick, succinct matter that you don't waste their time. Because if you waste their time, then they are going to quickly ditch you in terms of the relationship. The other thing is when we think about time, most of these individuals, behavioral action, they, if, especially if it's a um, sort of a significant decision, uh, for the most part, they have decided already before the, let's say, they go into a retail environment. So let's say they go into an electronic store. They already know that they want to buy a TV. They are just filtering through what's the best one for me, who's got the expertise, how quickly can you handle this, and can I take the TV now? Excuse me. They're not going to want to go and look through all the brochures with you. It's got to be succinct, short, and to the point. This is also true on, um, on the phone. And then if you have a spouse or a significant other or a partner, is that if you go into too much information, man, they have disconnected already. You know what? They don't need a dissertation of 100 pages to be able to make a decision about the movie. So what's the movie? What's it about? <clears throat> when does it start? Where is it playing? Let's go. So just be aware of that. You know, the next uh, one is we talk about cognitive analysis. So these are the analytical and detailed individuals. These people, when they're looking to buying, they want you to respect their quest for information. And I remember doing work in the auto industry and going on site into hundreds of dealerships across the country. And here's what would happen, it was derogatory, is that many of the sales professionals at that time, if they saw somebody come out with a clipboard where they had printed out all their stuff from the internet, is that these sales reps would scatter like rats when you turn the lights on in a dark room. Why was that? Because they knew that it was gonna be painfully slow and there was gonna be this quest for all this information. And so, but here's the reality. They're gonna buy from somebody somewhere and what else were you doing? You were doing nothing. You were just sitting around being lazy. Well, I'm not trying to paint a brush that you were, but that's uh, the reality of retail for many individuals. Is so why wouldn't I take the time and work with them and get them the information that they want? So they are looking for information. These people, these buyers are also visual buyers, so they need to see it to get it. So you need to show them the color. You need to show them the brochure so that it goes into their eyes or the link on the website. Uh, so that they can review it, so they can have the comparison charts. If you just talk to them about it, they're not going to get it. The other thing, when it comes to time, these individuals will take weeks and months to decide. So what if we were training the automotive sales professionals and other salespeople that we've worked with? If you need to find out where they are in their buying cycle, meaning, well, we're just starting to look. Well, that means for certain they're not going to buy today. So this idea, you know, I'm going to serve you if you're buying today, that's ridiculous. Is these individuals are on a quest for information. And so I want to honor that. But if I say, well, listen, uh, are you, you know, if I give you this information, are you willing to take this product? I mean, 
how sort of rude is that to this individual? And so they're not going to be in, interested. They're going to disengage. So just be aware of, why don't you sell the way that I buy? Helps you to understand that in some cases, if you don't ask for the order today, you're going to lose it. In other cases, when you ask for the order today, you're going to lose it. The key is to know the difference. And can you pay attention to the, the clues that people are leaving you so you know the difference of what's going on and what, where that person's at in terms of their style, but also their buying cycle. The next one is we talk about interpersonal harmony. And so these individuals, in a lot of cases, if they phone you or they show up, is that they will be cautious sort of physically in the environment. They, will, they might even be vague, and here's why. They are looking for somebody to trust. Their number one focus is not the product. It's the relationship that they're going to build with you to get the product. In other words, Ken, are you going to provide me the best information to meet my needs, and can I go in partnership with you to be able to decide to buy the right product for me. And so the other one is, is the focus is on them, not on, okay, closing the sale, that you have empathy for me. The other thing is though, is that interpersonal harmony individuals, now this is not a blanket statement, but there is a trend with this, uh, with this dimension, is that they will take years to decide. They are extremely practical. They hate debt, all the pressures that go with it. They hate pressure. Now, in some cases, they will say yes to a high-pressure sale to get out because they hate conflict, but they are never coming back. These individuals also are the individuals, if they were in an interaction with you in an environment, other on the phone or in person, and there was pressure or tension or too much pace, then they will say, yeah, well, we'll think about it. And yet they, and so we'll come back, but they are never going to come back. They are so adverse to conflict that they would actually misrepresent and say, let me think about it and we'll be back to see if we want to get it or not. They're not ever coming back because of the offense that occurred. So just be aware of that, that it's very, very important that when you're uh, interacting with this group that you sort of respect their pace, you are focused on them, you care about them as part of that process, the sales process, whatever it might be. You know, we think about the fourth one is affective expressive. So these are the individuals that are into experiential, the experience of purchasing. Now, obviously, if it's groceries or if I'm going in just for day-to-day -day things that I need, that's not what we're talking about. But if I'm experiencing a movie or dinner or going to the theater or getting a new car or getting a new house or maybe it's a new TV, it's really a level of desire that they have at that moment. Now, because these individuals... Uh, sp tend to be spontaneous. They tend to like variety. They tend to kind of get off track and look at shiny objects. They could go into an electronic store looking for a 9-volt battery and then come out with a 65-inch TV. So they get distracted by shiny objects. And so their decision-making is usually within seconds or minutes. They can, if they can, they might go into a car dealership, all of a sudden find that right one, uh, sit in that car, drive it, love that experience, and all of a sudden they're purchasing it. Now, this is not a blanket statement for the affective expressive purchaser, which could apply to you. But one of the things that they need to manage is that they can tend to get themselves into debt because they are so optimistic that they believe that they could overcome any kind of debt position that they get into. So discipline around budgets is something that has to be learned for this group 
generally speaking. So they will spend without consideration where somebody like Interpersonal Harmony won't as easily. Again, we're not trying to put blanket statements, but there are some of these trends. So when we're thinking about the power of influence, when we're thinking about the process, why don't you sell the way that I buy, is that uh, as a professional, in whatever context, every single person listening to this podcast is selling in some form or another. I don't care if you're 15 years of age, you're selling your teacher about why your paper's late. You're trying to influence them even on that or your friends about what movie to go to or where, what you should do on the weekend. All of us are trying to influence other individuals. But are you paying attention about how you sell? Are you paying attention about who's listening and how other people buy? Now, we have an entire model, and I won't go through it uh, in this podcast. And that's what we call translating, suspending, and style shifting. And I'll just mention it uh, briefly, and then we maybe can go into it in detail in another podcast. And what translating means is that people are constantly living clues. We use our PSI model of introversion, extroversion, verbal, nonverbal, people tasks to say to determine in just a couple of minutes what style pattern that person might be. What is their buying style? The next one is suspending. See, most of us like to act the way that we are hardwired. We call it our preferences or personal style. I've covered some of that in previous podcasts. So all of us have sort of a pre-wired approach to life, preferences that we have. But if we're really going to listen to somebody else, if I'm really going to connect with somebody else, then I need to suspend my preferences. Because inherently, most of us are self-centered. And we want to do what we want to do the way that we want to do it. But really, it's the opposite to be able to build relationship. What's their need? So I need to get out of the way. I need to read my judgment. Example might be, let's say I'm selling to somebody. I'm very high-paced salesperson. Maybe that other person is very slow-paced. Well, I might be saying in my head, oh, man, they take forever. They're so vague. They don't even have a clue about what they want. Well, those judgments are going to come across to the buyer, to that individual. So rather than having sort of that look of disgust or that feeling of judgment internally, just let it go. Just say, this person is who they are. That's their buying style. That is, could be your significant other. And you're trying to say, why are you taking so long to decide about where we're going to go to dinner? It's a simple decision. And so we need to kind of suspend or let that go. And then finally, style shifting is, can you pay attention and be a student of style in such a way that you know what they need and they want, and then you would shift, not change your preferences, but you would shift your behavior, would shift your approach, so that it would serve the person, not them. So an example I mentioned earlier, let's say the individual is cognitive analysis purchaser, and so they are detail-oriented. Could you take the time to provide the extra details? Or let's say you're a cognitive analysis seller, could you shorten your communication? Can you shorten your text to the individual so it is just the short strokes? It's not 4,000 words. They don't want to see 4,000 words. As soon as they say 4,000 words, they disconnect. So you need to shift your approach to better meet their needs. And based on those three steps, translating, suspending, and style shifting, or as one of our associates said, could I put myself into neutral? Could I pay attention to what you want and then give you what I want, what you want, pardon me, then I can build relationship and this is where credibility comes in. You know, we'll do an entire podcast on credibility, but credibility, our definition of this is that it 
is behavior seen as appropriate by who? By the other person. And it's behavior that I do and what I don't do. So in sales, a lot of times, we lose the power of influence. We lose our credibility with others based on what we didn't do as much as what we do. So maybe you omitted giving the details. Maybe you, you omitted um, really greeting. Let's say a family comes into um, an environment. And so it's a husband and wife and a 12-year-old uh, child. Did you greet all three of them? Or did you just greet the individual who reached out their hands? Maybe it was him or her. And you ignored the other individuals. So that is what we call the sin of omission. And a lot of times we lose influence or we lose in our ability to sell somebody else or to get them to consider us uh, as a credible source because we have the sin of omission. We omitted doing something with and for those people that was obvious to them, but not necessarily obvious to ourselves. You know, we started this whole podcast to say who's in sales. And here's the reality. Every single person listening to this at some form or another is trying to influence other parties your value as an employee, your value as a partner, your va- the influence where you're going to go for dinner. Maybe you're selling a product or service to other people. Are you uh, really paying attention to how you show up, meaning your selling style? And then number two, are you understanding? Do you understand what is the buying style of the individuals? You know, if you want to learn more information about it, I encourage that you would look at my book, Why Aren't You More Like Me, that goes into detail about understanding personal styles. If you want to know what your selling style is, then the sales style indicator is an option for you. And then if you have an agency or a group that really wants to get into a workshop, then we have an entire workshop called Why Don't You Sell the Way That I Buy, which would support people and understanding their selling style, understanding customers' buying style, showing you a methodology to read and understand other people in just a couple of minutes. You know, as we end every show, I just thank you for listening. You know, it's a privilege to be able to serve and to take uh, and enjoy the most important, precious thing that you have, which is your time. And so hopefully you've found this information to be valuable today. If you have, then uh, we just ask if you could share this with your group, people that you know, people that can benefit, people that uh, would be able to grow through the information that we have shared. You have been listening to the Secrets of Success podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com, scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.